Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, you asked such a common question this past Sunday morning in your sermon, why me? Why me? Boy, we, we, we ask that a lot, and it's usually, as we introduce that sermon, uh, is asked in the negative, something bad happens, and we just say, why me? And so we looked at that through the lens of the book of Esther, and there's a lot of places in our Bible where we could use that same phrase. Uh, the book of Job would be a great place to say, why me? We could look at the life of the Apostle Paul, and, and again, we could use that same question, why me? But we use the book of Esther. Uh, Esther is not talked about very often. It's a fascinating story. It's just, it's just written in such a wonderful literary way with plots and subplots. And, and you see the rise of an unknown girl named Esther. And then as we told the story about uh, the evil man Haman and how his ego was getting the best of him and he had convinced the king to wipe out all the Jews. And Esther's cousin, Mordecai, comes to her, and in verse 14 of chapter 4, which probably is the most famous passage in the book of Esther, it says, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this." There's a lot of reasons why Esther could have said, why me? I mean, I'm just a unknown girl. I happen to be a queen because I won this beauty contest. But who am I to save these people? And as her cousin put it before her, maybe God saw some things that you didn't. Maybe God put you in that position. Uh, it is interesting that he doesn't say it specifically that God put you there. He kind of says, who knows? Uh, I don't know. You don't know. But maybe that's why you are the queen. And so we kind of trace that through uh, our study Sunday morning and looked at uh, what Esther did and how the story came about. But there are a lot of other people that we see in our Bible, it's in a similar situation. And the story of Naaman the leper, there's this unknown servant girl uh, that's helping Naaman's wife, and she hears about Naaman's leprosy, and she tells uh, the wife about uh, this prophet in Israel who could cure him. Well, why, why did she do that? Maybe God put her in that position. Talk about David and Goliath and how David just happened to be taking food to his brothers who were on the front line that day. And there was a challenge by Goliath, and David stepped up. Uh, again, lots of times we can talk our, ourselves out of things by saying, well, it's not my job, it's not my place, why me? But we see over and over in our Bibles examples, uh, Andrew bringing Peter to Jesus, the Samaritan woman at the well who went and told the people of Samaria about Jesus. Over and over, what we're seeing is different people who, who could easily talk themselves out doing certain things understood that maybe I need to do what I can do. And then we kind of talked about some practical applications. Yeah, we might get into some of that here in just a moment. I'm What really struck me as I was listening and then reflecting on the sermon was the power 
of those two questions that both have two words, but pivoting from the one to the other. The the sermon title was Why Me? That's where maybe a lot of us would start when we're discouraged or disillusioned or we're facing challenges that we're just not sure we could could possibly conquer. Why me is what bubbles to the surface. But I had never really thought about how Mordecai pivots the understanding from why me to who knows. Uh, Roger, what do you think is the power of getting the focus off of the why me question and onto the who knows question? Why is that a better question? Well, well, because when we when we think about why me, we can easily talk ourselves out of that. Yeah. Uh, it's all about me and. And we, we talked about the uh, Moses syndrome where God chose Moses and, and Moses came up with all the excuses why he couldn't go to Pharaoh. And, and, and we do the same thing. But when we pivot to this idea of who knows, that brings God into the element. And maybe God has, has done some things and moved people around and put me in this position because God is anticipating using me to do these things. There's a great passage in the book of Proverbs that we didn't use in the sermon, which I think now I should have, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it talks about how the, the chan- or how the heart of a king is like channels of water in God's hand. He moves it whatever way he wishes. And in the book of Daniel, it talks about how God brings kings up and brings kings down. And and we look at this historically, and we say, well, okay, these are the forces that brought about World War II. These are the forces that brought about uh, World War One. We can look at this and look at that. And we don't see where God's fingers were in all that. And that's why when we say, who knows, maybe God, I don't know this, but maybe God has put me here for this reason to do his will. Yeah. And... And so that that kind of pulls it off of me and starts thinking, well, you know, I may have this mission from God, and I better, I better be doing this, and <laughs> and maybe God's counting on me. And when you look at the book of Esther, I mean, that that's one of the things that comes out. If Esther just said, no, I'm not doing this, then the Jews would have been in big trouble. Esther would have died. But when you look at it that, well, maybe I am the savior of the moment, and I've got to do something, then that changes that. Yeah. Well, two two things here. First of all, I'm glad I'm not the only one who gets to Wednesday and realizes, you know what? There's a passage there that would have been really helpful last Sunday. Sometimes that happens to me during the invitation song. I, I don't know. Oh, it does. It. it does. It does. <laughs> but um, second of all, uh, especially in light of the sermon, I, I loved how, okay, here we are, middle of the week. You had a, a yellow box toward the bottom of your outline. If our listeners, first of all, if you didn't have the opportunity to watch or listen Definitely go back, front and center, charlestownroad.org. Why Me is the name of the sermon. You can see the interactive outline, freely download that right there. Toward the bottom of it, you had a yellow box where you made the maybe God scenarios nice and practical for us. And I thought maybe if we just put some flesh and blood on these three here in the middle of the week, it would be a great thing for all 
all of us to think about. Your three maybes were, maybe God put me here for this very reason. Maybe God is counting on me to do something. Maybe God knows I can make a difference. And so, Roger, I'd love just to walk through those one by one and maybe paint for us a scenario where here on Wednesday in the middle of the week, that might hit home. Number one, maybe God put me here for this very reason. Yeah, you know, and, and in the lesson, we, we talked about some different situations, such as your family or in the congregation or even at school or work. And, and sometimes uh, we, we, we almost envy other people in the congregation. Here's somebody and everybody in their family is a Christian, but maybe you're the only one in your family that's a Christian. Maybe you're the only one at your workplace that really wants to do what's right. Uh, the only one in your school that really seems to respect the authority and what's right. And, and, and all around you is, is all the negative, is all the, is all the bad examples. It's easy in our culture just to do what everyone else is doing. But to say that maybe God has put me here to be an example for others. Maybe God has put me here so that others will look up to me and, and realize I too need to be doing these things. Uh, to have someone stand up for God. That, that's so essential in our times today. I have found oftentimes whether someone's asking a question or it's a situation where, where somebody kind of puts a stake in the ground for God, other people wanted to, but they were afraid. And they see you saying something. They see you making a stand. They, they see, and, and sometimes as with Esther, and that's one of the things we brought out in the book of Esther, that she would say in chapter four, verse 16, I might perish. Uh, in that culture, you didn't, even if you were the queen, even if you were married to the king, you didn't just walk through the doors and say, Hey, I got to talk to you. That didn't happen. And without a divine or without a royal appointment, uh, you could die. And so there were consequences. So there is for us today. And and so when we look at this, uh, I don't think we we get this idea that God has put me here for a reason, for a purpose. Uh, we looked in the book of Acts in chapter 17 where it says God has appointed the boundaries and habitations of our lives. Why do we live here? Why do we live in this generation? Why do we? And a lot of people just say, well, it just, it just happened. Or maybe God said, I made you just the way you are. I wired you just the way you are. I put you in the family that you are in because there's a reason. There's yeah. a purpose. A reason bigger than shaving a few strokes off of my golf score this summer. A reason bigger than being able to go on another vacation. Big reasons, right? I mean, as you're think, as you're talking through that, I think of how often examples that we're willing to step up and stand out inspired so many around them. Let's say in the days of the judges, where I mean. The situation is just rotten in every direction, but it takes someone like a Deborah or a Gideon to stand up, and when they stand up, others are inspired. Jonathan, son of King Saul, stands up when no one else is willing to stand up and inspires all of his fellow soldiers around him. When when his dad, the king, should have been the one, right? And he wasn't. Over and over and over again in Scripture, we see the power of someone stepping up 
and making a difference just by being willing to to stand out as an example. So maybe God put me here for this very reason to be an example this week. What about number two? Maybe God is counting on me to do something. Yeah, that this starts putting some uh, feet on these words. And so the doing of something means action. And whether it's saying the word, whether it's going to help somebody, whether it's, do, you know, it's so easy for us to think, well, that's not my job. That, that That's why in a church we have shepherds. That's why we have teachers, or that's why we have preachers. And, and they are supposed to do something. But how many times is God counting on me to be the doer of something that's going to make a difference? Maybe it's the card that I write that encourages somebody. Maybe it's just a visit I have or the text I send makes a difference. And it doesn't have to be a Christian to Christian. It could be uh, a fellow classmate at school, and you just realize that he seems to be getting bullied all the time or things don't seem to be going well at his home life, and, and you just... Send him a little text. Hey, I was thinking about you today. I saw you today and you look kind of sad and I'm saying a prayer for you. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. And I, I, I'm certain this is true of you, Jason. It is certainly of me. How many emails we get and, or a card we get in the mail and something we've done that, you know, maybe we didn't put a lot of thought to, but somebody says, that impacted my life yeah. or that changed my life or that helped my life or that has something I was able to get through this funeral because of, or, you know, j- j- just long, long list of things like that. And so again, how easy it is to say, well, who am I? But again, when we look at that list, who was that unknown servant girl uh, in, in the story of Naaman? She, she, we don't even know her name, but there she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Andrew, you know, we, we think about Peter, James, and John. Well, and, Andrew is the brother of Peter, but Andrew's always left out. Yeah. You know, he, he's not in an inner circle. So why should I? Well, it, it's something he could do. And, and again, all of us are capable of doing that. We, I think about the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip leaving, leaving Samaria where he's just, just doing a bang up job preaching and a lot of people are being converted and God called him down to meet this Ethiopian on this road, just the two of them. And, and again, you think about the circumstances, you know, how would he know when to get there and all that time? God was behind all that. And there's a lot of things that was happening that we don't see and we don't understand, but God brought that about. And so maybe there's somebody you haven't seen in a long time and somehow your lives intersect. And maybe you're thinking, you know, I had never really talked to this person about Jesus. Or maybe I've never really poured my heart out to this person and thanked him for what he's done to me in my past. And, and, and so things like that happen. And I don't look at them always as being coincidence or luck or whatever. God sometimes moves things around and puts us in positions because he knows that we can do something. Yeah, I I appreciate the that phrase doing something because it it's just a good needed reminder here in the middle of the week being a Christian that's not an honorary title it's not something obviously that I have earned but it is not something that now well I have attained a certain level and so I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch others I mean one of the most fundamental passages 
in all of the Bible to describe the life of the disciple and the life of a local church. I think of Ephesians 4, verse 11, where God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The point, one of the many points of gathering together on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Bible classes, special studies, is not just to be filled up, but to be equipped for the work, the work of ministry. And that ought to be going on Sunday through Saturday on so many fronts, some of them in public, most of them in private, where the vast majority of people don't have any idea. But the point is, this is about God and doing what I can to serve him and the people around me. I love that number two idea. Number three, finally, maybe God knows I can make a difference. Absolutely. And and again, there's just page after page in our Bibles where we can read about that. That, that story of the Samaritan woman uh, there in John chapter 4, as Jesus is in Samaria at noon, the woman's at the well, and she has a colored past. I mean, she, she's made a lot of mistakes in her life. And yet by talking to Jesus, she runs back to town. She tells the townspeople about Jesus, and they come, and great things happen in Samaria. How many other people like that do we read about in the Gospels where Jesus did something to somebody, and they went and told someone else? See, I, the idea is simply that I can make a difference. And and this this as I see this point, I see arrows going both directions. I, I see the young people can make a difference to the older people. Sometimes you know the older people need some help. They're a little slower in life. They can't move as fast. Sometimes the young people can do things for them physically around their house or just in the congregation. The, the enthusiasm and the passion they have. But then the arrows from the older people down because of such experience and wisdom and love that they've learned through the years to pass that on to the younger people. And, and again, to think when I come, uh, as you just said, sometimes we come with a bucket empty and we think, okay, preacher, preach to me and fill my bucket rather than the right attitude of I come with my bucket already filled and I want to share it with others. Yeah. Uh, the Hebrew 10 passage talks about how we need to provoke one another to love and good deeds. And that's, that's kind of what I was thinking of behind this. Um, I know in my life personally, I mean, I could just name names of people that helped me uh, when I first started preaching, times I was discouraged as a preacher. They're just people seeing that God was moving them in my lives and saying, okay, you know, Roger needs some help here, and here's somebody in his life, and they've encouraged, and they've helped, and they reminded me, and sometimes I needed somebody just to kind of give me a little kick in the pants, say, hey, who are you? What are you supposed to be doing? And all of those, I, I think, are, are, are things that we just sometimes just take for granted, but they're God's sins, the things that really help us in our lives. Yeah. I appreciate how the book of Esther and I appreciate how you and your sermon highlighted. Listen, this was not the rosiest of times. I mean, you had a section of your sermon where you emphasized it wasn't a good time. It would have been easy for Esther, like Moses, before her to say, I'm busy. It's not my thing. I I can't do it. 
nobody else was doing anything, and it was a scary time, and there were very serious consequences on the line. And yet, what three great maybes to think about here, even in the middle of this week. Maybe God put me here for this very reason. Maybe God is counting on me to do something. Maybe God knows I can make a difference. Roger, thank you for that powerful sermon. Uh, Again, if you have not had the opportunity to watch or to listen, it's freely available at charlestownroad.org and in our podcast feed, Why Me? Let's focus on pivoting from Why Me to Who Knows? And as your last slide on Sunday morning asked, why not me? A, a great transition in thinking. Well, tonight, of course, is our Wednesday evening summer series. As hard as it is to believe, we just have tonight and two more sessions. We're looking forward to having Jason Langford from Alabama here with us this evening. He is going to be speaking under that higher ground theme along the lines of let me stand by faith. We've been talking all about higher ground. Tonight, let me stand by faith on that higher ground. I've got the opportunity to preach, Lord willing, this Sunday morning. I'm going to go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to focus in on a key phrase there where Paul was describing that infant church as sounding forth the word of the Lord. When you think a little bit about who those people were, how long they had been Christians, obstacles in front of them, and yet Paul, an inspired apostle, is able to say, the word of the Lord is sounding forth from you. That's a powerful idea. We want to appreciate that in our sermon, but also talk about some ways that we can participate in that same work even today. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. It would be great to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. tonight. We're already looking forward to the best day of the week this Sunday. We would love to have you come and grow with us. 